Hey, yo. Say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Setro. The world is listening. Gee, I hope nobody is taping this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the SNS Radio Network is proud to bring to you the open book. Do you see that? Do you see that coming? Yes! 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 We're your source for all video game entertainment and wrestling news. I know how to push your buttons too. I see everything you're going to do from a mile away. With your host, Sensational Sequel, Sean. And I am the voice of the voiceless. And the British one, Ashley. What's the matter, Danny? You've never taken a shortcut before. So sit down. What? Shut up. What? And listen, because story time is about to begin. Tell me he didn't just say that.
there. This is Ashley, and this is a special podcast edition of The Open Book. Just with me on my own. Sean's felt a bit unwell, and also due to the weather, the stormy weather situation happening over where he is, he isn't really able to do any sort of show without there being any possibility of interruptions due to the weather, so that's why I'm here. Because I felt that with quite a few of the stories that came out this week, some big ones in entertainment, some big in gaming, there's really too much to really carry over to next week when E3 is going to be big because of the new consoles and whatever else is going to be shown that we don't know about. So, first segment will be mainly gaming news second segment will be more towards E3 gaming stuff, stuff that's already been revealed plus a little bit of entertainment plus possibly a little talk on wrestling as well, so I'm mixing it up a bit, but it's only going to be two segments it's going to be a hopefully a shorter show obviously because it's recorded there's no phone calls, so if you're trying to call in, you're an idiot so, with that gaming and some interesting stuff which would be interesting to ask Sean about if he was here and it's the fact that apparently Nintendo is going to be debuting a white premium 32 gigabyte console in Japan next month which seems to be kind of uh, there was a rumour going around that the 8 gigabyte white one was being discontinued which apparently has been confirmed by inside sources both in America and the UK. So, interesting to see that basically that console's already kind of been, or that model, should I say, is already going to be old and axed. After, I don't know, it's been out for about six months, and already they're discarding it. That's just quite a bit. <laughs> apparently, one of the new features about it is uh, they're also going to be bringing out, apparently, a battery pack for Wii and Wii U controllers. So you can be able to recharge them a lot easier rather than just have them plugged in the mains. You are going to be able to have switchable batteries now, which is a good feature. Uh, Saints Row 4. Special edition details were announced. Basically, it's the Commander-in-Chief edition, like I think we've talked about previously, where you get special DLC items and stuff. But this Ultimate Edition is going to feature a figurine of... uh, I think it's Johnny Gat, isn't it? The lead character of... I think it was Saints Row 2 gets killed off, I think, in Saints Row the 3rd at the start. Spoilers, sorry, but it's a two-year-old game at least, so if you haven't played it already, catch up. Actually, relating to that, if you are on PC, Steam has got a free weekend of access to Saints Row the 3rd, and if you buy it this weekend as well, it's 75% off, which that includes the Complete Edition 1 with all the DLC. Pretty damn good deal. But... The Saints Row 4 Special Edition will have the figurine. It will also have, like, a big red emergency dubstep button, apparently. It comes in its own, like, little case. You have to turn a key in order to open it. And I don't know what happens when you press the button. Dubstep sounds could happen. 
nothing? I don't know. We'll have to see. But the most intriguing feature is it's going to feature one of the guns that is in the game. Well, not an actual gun. A replica gun. The dubstep gun. Which seems to be some sort of laser gun kind of thing. Basically, what the dubstep gun is going to be is just a red light, which isn't a laser. But it's it basically the dubstep gun looks like a a keytar slash turntable combination, which is a bit weird. But somehow I want to pre-order one right now, just because of the way it looks. Uh, you can do that, I think, pretty much everywhere where you could, where they uh, do game game pre-purchases uh, and everything. Obviously, if you buy it on Steam, you won't get the dubstep gun. Unless they can send it to you digitally via 3D printing. I don't know. Uh, we've also got news that Dragon's Dogma is going to be getting a Vita spin-off, at least certainly in Japan, called Dragon's Dogma Quest, which is going to be free to play, but is only going to be... it's, a, it's going to be online only. Uh, apparently it's going to be a 2D RPG or up to you and four pawns or friends can go on various different quests I don't know how many they mention but it's supposed to be like a supplement to uh, Dragon's Dogma and the Dark Arisen I think it was called which was the sort of expansion pack of sorts so it's a it's a decent thing. It's not confirmed for Western release yet, but considering it did pretty well, you might see it announced pretty soon. Now, this is one announcement which really was interesting, and it's Zynga. Zynga has apparently shut down some of its major offices. I think there's one in LA, one in New York, and one in Dallas. Um, along with some other jobs, apparently about over five, just about to over 500 workers have been released, including the developers at OMG Pop, who are the people that created the pretty damn good Draw Something game. Apparently they got purchased for $200 million back in March of 2012. In just over a year, that company now doesn't exist. Yet Zynga, I believe, still has the rights to the Draw Something stuff. Because that was what that was part of the deal when they purchased them. Which looks like a kind of shitty little move. But, yeah, it's... Apparently some of the people that were there uh, were tearing up Zynga-branded apparel, like T-shirts and hoodies, because of what happened to them. Which is a pretty, pretty extreme, but then again, if you were part of OMG Pop, let's say, and you found out that the job that you had that did you some pretty good stuff in the space of 12 months now doesn't exist, it's going to make some people a little bit angsty. So, I think that's only a fair reaction, to be honest. Uh couple of interesting well actually this was an interesting one thanks to uh, a leak of sorts they were teasing at Lionhead about some sort of Fable announcement and everybody's going okay it's got to be Fable 4 which well 
we'll get to Fable 4. <laughs> but uh, what it actually turned out to be was, I guess, Fable Remastered, you could call it, for the 360, coming out some point later this year, towards the fall, I'm guessing. Or fall, winter. Q3, Q4, however you want to call the terminology. Which is basically going to be... It's, it's being called, I think, Fable Anniversary HD. Uh, which is going to feature Fable 1 and the Fable 1 Lost Chapters. Which I think was DLC. It was certainly an expansion for the PC, I'm pretty sure. So, those of you who want to get into the Fable universe, it's a pretty good deal. Especially considering, well, I'll get to that thanks to good old leaks, probably in the second segment. Dead or Alive 5 Ultimate is apparently going free to play, which is an interesting concept for a fighting game. Apparently, what it is, some of the basic characters, like like four, five, or six, are going to be unlocked from the very start, and online play is going to be absolutely free as well. Other characters you'll have to pay to unlock. But there is a nice feature that they are going to be having where if you want to see what the characters are like before actually purchasing them, you can sort of like trial the characters for a certain period of time. Which is a nice move. Uh, No details. It's definitely coming for the PS3. They've said that. 360... I believe because of the 360, like, DLC kind of issues. It's hard to work on it. But they are going to try and get it done for the 360, but... That seems like an interesting concept, actually. Free-to-play... I'm guessing because it's free-to-play, you don't even have to buy the thing to actually play it. You only buy it when you actually unlock the other modes. I believe the modes that you get are a sparring mode, a training mode, and the online multiplayer. That's it. Because to be quite honest, for something like Dead or Alive 5, would you really buy it for the story? To be honest, probably won't. So, good move there. Speaking of good moves, apparently Harmonix is still alive, as they have announced their new game, coming out in 2014, called Disney Fantasia music evolved which is going to be exclusively for connect whether it's going to be xbox one and xbox 360 we'll have to wait and see but what it looks to be is kind of dance central meets dance dance revolution meets fantasia what it seems to be is you're basically going to put your hands in certain directions so I guess kind of like Samba de Amigo, when you had to do the maracas in a certain position kind of thing, I think. Does anybody remember Samba de Amigo? I don't know. Leave it in the comments where you uh, hear this, like Facebook, or... I don't know whether they... I don't know, you could po- post a comment on the SNS website, I don't know, but certainly on the Facebook, if anybody remembers Samba de Amigo. But... Uh, it seems to be that kind of thing. From the, they haven't shown gameplay properly. They've just shown a, like a a kind of teaser, kind of CGI glimp. I said kind of a lot. Sorry, but it's uh, it doesn't look too bad. 
as you can tell from the kind of way my voice is going, I'm being a bit hesitant on it, so we'll have to see how that evolves, but it, considering it's harmonics, and I'm a big fan of what they did with Rock Band, and even before that, Frequency and Amplitude, which I still think are some of the best rhythm games that are out there, even though I just uh, bought myself a copy of Res for the PS2. Because I've, I've been missing out on that game for ages. I'll probably just be playing that over e Synth bass and all that. I don't know. But that's that. And another interesting reveal came from the Diablo 3 guys. As they officially announced that the console edition, for, at least for PS3 and 360, is going to be out... And it's going to be out this September, September the 3rd. So, I think it's going to be, I'm trying to think, I don't think anything else is releasing on that date just yet. Possibly apart from, I think Rayman is out that day. On the Tuesday, I think. I'm pretty sure it is. So that probably means if it gets a UK release, that'll be on the 6th. Because I, d- I don't know if it'll be released worldwide on that, that day. Unlikely. I think September the 3rd as well is also the release date worldwide for Rome Total War 2. <laughs> Interesting there. PC gamers, you've had enough of Diablo, go to Rome. Console gamers, you want to know what you've been missing out on? Pick up Diablo. <laughs> so... Yeah, long-awaited, really, Diablo or anything from the guys over at uh, Blizzard bringing stuff to consoles, so good to see that. Also good to see that Final Fantasy XIII Lightning Returns still exists. They had a new trailer for that this week, and have revealed that it won't be coming out until February the 11th, 2014. With a February 14th, a Valentine's Day release date for the UK and Europe. Ah, oh, isn't that lovely? Except when Final Fantasy 13 actually wasn't that brilliant. It was pretty, it was good, it just it wasn't a Final Fantasy 10. Or kind of 12. Or 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1. Yeah, we we don't mention 11 or 14. Ever. Or 13, for that matter, because it really didn't have the same kind of style. But if you are interested in the Final Fantasy universe, you are going to be hearing that. They have said as well... I might as well put this in here, because that's all we know about it. At the Sony conference, they will be discussing about the future of Final Fantasy. Does that mean they're acting it, finally? I don't know. Or does it mean the next game is going to be exclusive to Sony? So we're going back to uh, Sony being the exclusive rights holders, I guess. Uh, we'll have to see. Speaking of Sony as well, a Drive Club video was posted up, I think with the developers talking, and they said about how they wanted it to be a social game and how the how sharing your antics and your races is going to be the key thing. And they did mention in it, and noted it down, to make sure, sharing to Ustream, 
So I'm guessing the share button won't be for YouTube or anything that you want. The sharing will go to Ustream, and the Ustream will be kind of the live streaming aspect that will be powering the thing. Which, considering how Ustream operates, I don't know whether that's a good move or a bad move, to be quite honest. I'm guessing, because I haven't got a Ustream account myself, I'm guessing it's pretty easy to transfer stuff from Ustream to YouTube. I am not sure. But if that isn't the case, it's a bit awkward having it trying to be social on something which... I Okay, we don't know what the deal is with like streaming capabilities and everything, but why couldn't Sony have done a deal with Twitch? Or even YouTube... You know, with their streaming, okay, not everybody can stream. You have to have a Google Hangout, but couldn't you have done it that way? Isn't that easier? <clears throat> now, we've got a whole load of Xbox One stuff which needs to be clarified, which I wanted to do here, separate from the E3 stuff, because none of this stuff will get mentioned at E3. First of all, the controller. Apparently, uh, some of the new features for it, the headset audio is going to be clearer and better. Apparently the reports say that the sound quality is just going to be like if you were talking to somebody on a phone or on Skype. Which knowing how Skype goes with uh, the SNS radio network probably means after every four seconds the, the, the call will drop on Xbox One. Which is good. Uh, the thumbsticks are a little softer to move apparently it's 25% less resistance so you're going to be able to do you're going to be able to move the sticks a lot easier in order to make your precision movements you've got vibration in the handles of the controller and in the triggers so when you pull like the trigger of a gun in Call of Duty let's say there will be a slight small vibration as if as you pull the trigger as if you're feeling the feedback of the gun uh, the A, B, X, Y buttons have been grouped slightly closer together and lowered in, so it it feels a lot better. Obviously, the D-pad has been drastically improved, as we've talked previously. Uh, the Connect, thanks to, I think, reflective stuff that's the same technology that's used in, like, uh, motorbike visors and, and things like that, it can work out which controller is which, and the Connect can then put the split screen in the right place. So if you, like, say, switch seating positions on the sofa, the Connect will be able to detect that and then switch the game accordingly. So you were playing on the left-hand side of the screen, but now you're on the right, and vice versa. Plus, there's also going to be a low-power mode, so when the console is off, they won't be guzzling up battery like crazy. We also had more clarification on the game situation, and the whole what what do you own, what do you not own kind of thing, because they needed to clarify it. And by the looks of it, they've had to clarify it mainly because... They probably received a lot of hatred and bile and vile and everything about it. At launch, there will be no renting or loaning of sorts. 
Um, there's only going to be the ability to kind of apparently do one trade in or gift it to your friend. And that's per Xbox One. So, And the gifting as well, you have to be a friend with them on your Xbox friends list for at least 30 days. Unless you trade it into a, uh, the, a, a registered retailer. Which, I don't know what that means, but apparently the trading is only, as I said, only once. So as soon as the as soon as the second individual has it, whether they've bought it second hand from a store or you've given it to them, obviously you yourself lose the rights to that. But the person that then gets that game has the rights forever. They can't trade that in again themselves. Which seems a bit weird. And also, if you're only allowing one used copy, you're clearly trying to push new games. And to be quite honest, especially in my case, considering I don't have a new console at the minute because I can't afford it, cost is going to be a huge thing. If you're asking people every time to pay, let's say on average, because they'll be reduced eventually, hopefully, $50 for a game people aren't going to want to spend that much on a, on a game every time i'm guessing they'll probably reduce them eventually over time to reduce to lower prices cuz not everybody's going to buy every single game and the fact that the renting kind of situation is still yet to be decided and discussed with partners apparently it's going to put people even it's going to put people like Gamefly and Redbox and that kind of on tenterhooks as to whether next gen is really going to be a beneficial business for them and with regards to the fact that trade-ins will only happen once that's going to be less, surely, less business for GameStop. Okay, people will be buying newer games more, but on newer games, the actual companies that make them get more of a slice of the profits. This probably is the factor for it. But, obviously with second-hand sales, nearly all of it goes directly to the retailer. And if you're taking that out completely... That's going to come, you know, kind of hurt business, you would have thought. Plus, all these retailers that won't be officially registered or whatever with Xbox, that do rent to games or pre-owned games, won't be able to do them now. So, you're restricting the market, which, again, seems a bit stupid because, I don't know... Let's say I. Let's say I get a pre-owned copy of Borderlands 2, and I like it. I still have to buy the DLC full price, unless it's on a sale or something, which it could be. I don't know. But that money is going straight to the people that are doing it, the developers and everything. I don't see what was wrong with that. That um 
model. Why they need to change it, I really don't know, personally. Uh, some new f- other stuff to co- confirm. Uh, you know, we know what you know about the thing where you have to connect once every 24 hours, at least with your console, in order to play games. You can play games on a friend's console with your account, but when you're on a friend's console, that needs to connect once every one hour in order for to actually play the games. Which, again, depending on where you live and your quality of your internet, which they did say broadband 1.5 megabits a second is the recommended um, speed and everything for it. Um, doesn't seem a bit odd. They also mentioned how you can have up to ten family or friends actually play your games, I guess, through your friends' accounts. Again, I guess, with the 30-day situation. Plus, people will be able to play the games as much as you want on your console, whether whether they're signed into your account or not. So basically the games will be console specific. My question is... They're they're trying to put this as, oh my god, this is a new feature. Didn't we have that back in the day with like the NES? can, Can I play... Can I play Castlevania please? Oh yeah, pull the game out, put it in the machine and play it. So really this isn't a new feature. We're kind of going backwards in time. We're trying... We're trying to reinvent the wheel here. I don't know. It's some of the some of the things that Xbox are doing make sense. I mean, some of the, the DRM stuff is a bit stupid. This whole idea with the whole you know your friends can play on your console. Well, they can do it anyway. They just can do it on my account and just be guests anyway. Isn't that what happens with a 360? Isn't that what happens with a PS2? Isn't that what happens with a Commodore 64? Well, not Commodore... I was going to say... Nin- I, meant, I meant to say Nintendo 64. But I didn't want to say Nintendo because of everything that's gone on with them. It's like Nintendo somehow was a dirty word. Although, depending how the situation goes, Xbox One could be a dirty word depending how it goes. Uh, you can pause the connect apparently, and the voice controls are not mandatory. You don't have to have it. What, plus, when you turn the connect off, the only phrase it will monitor for, or the only phrase it will search for, is Xbox on or Xbox off. That's it. If you go into random conversation with like friends, it won't just randomly. Um, Record your conversations or whatever, especially with everything that apparently is happening in America with this whole Verizon stuff, and apparently now how that even the British uh, intelligence people may have also been using data like that for people over here and also in America. All that murky subject. So uh, at least that's a positive and. Connect won't be doing that, apparently. Uh, there will also be no fee for transfers, because there was some report saying that you'll have to pay so much in order to get the game on your console. No. 
not for the retailers, not for anybody. There's no fee whatsoever. It will just be whatever value is set, probably by the publishers. Because apparently the publishers will have a say on whether games can be resold or not. I still... The confusing thing is, the publishers said it's got nothing to do with us. And Microsoft said it's got everything to do with the publishers. So there's kind of a blame game here. Which we probably won't find out the answer until the day of launch. And people go in the deep end and find out what the situation is. So, that's all the Xbox One, I guess, rumours quashed of sorts. And other rumours have popped up because of it, because they haven't fully explained it. Which is bloody annoying. (laughs) Uh, Nosgoff, as mentioned last week, kind of got featured in an AMD driver update. And teased in various other things. They have confirmed at Square Enix that it is in development and will be set in the Legacy of Kane universe, but is not being developed by Crystal Dynamics. They haven't said who, but the fact it isn't the original guys, uh, it's a bit of a shame, to be honest. But then again, they're probably still busy doing DLC for Tomb Raider or whatever their next project's going to be. Uh, NBA 2K14 had its cover star revealed. Unsurprisingly, it's LeBron James. The game itself will actually be current and next-gen when it comes out. Certainly on current-gen it will be when it comes out as is. So That should be interesting. Uh, Now, also interesting, teasers have appeared over the last week via Vine, you know, the six-second video thing that Twitter bought a few months back, of Telltale Games and what looks to be Walking Dead. So everyone's thinking, okay, is this season two? But then remembering, hang on, they promised something in between seasons one and two. Cue to Friday when we have a listing for Walking Dead 300 Days downloadable content on the... On the Steam like listings, so by the looks of it, Walking Dead DLC is going to be coming some point in the near, very near future, from Telltale, bridging the story between what happened at the end of one season one, should I say, and going into the upcoming season two of the video game. So really looking forward to seeing what that comes from that. Uh, SimCity for the Mac, which was, I think, supposed to come out towards middle or late of this month. Not anymore, for some reason, it's been delayed until August. I'm guessing there must have been some major issues, but that tells you a lot. I think SimCity, the original one, got delayed pretty last minute as well, so... Not a good situation for EA. Rescheduling games right the last minute. And... This is something we might see at E3, but because there wasn't really any confirmation that I could see, I'm including it here. The Unreal Engine 4 apparently is going to be having a horror game coming to it called Daylight, which is going to be coming to PS4. I don't know if there's any confirmation of Xbox One, but the engine, w- the the Unreal F- Engine 4 itself will actually feature Oculus Rift support. So, from what I could tell from this thing, it does look like a pretty. Di- possible decent horror title we really haven't seen enough of it because it was only like a minute long teaser with no real graphics 
but it looked pretty good. I will give it that. Now, I was going to say we're going to do E3 talk in the next bit, but I think um, no, I think we will, actually. Uh, I've got all my notes from the 30-minute or so Konami video that was put up. Thanks to GameSpot, I thought it was actually being streamed live. No, it was just actually uploaded at uh, 6 o'clock my time. So there was no point in me rushing to actually watch it live. So I didn't. Which was... Uh, I don't know. Not Well done, GameSpot. Can try and make that clearer next time. One thing I will say, though, before we head to break. Last of Us. Wow. Last of Us is going incredibly well. For the guys at Naughty Dog. I believe, as of recording, there is 27 10 out of 10s. Which, and quite a lot of the reviews have said, it's not perfect, but it's the best game of this console generation, which is fitting, considering how, on the same week that it's released, we're going to be talking about next gen, and nobody's going to care about the PS3 and 360 generations. So it's a fitting swan song to the PS3, it's a fitting swan song to the 7th generation, I believe it is, if you work it out, back going back to right to the start of console generations. So, considering how it's getting very big praise, and even the multiplayer seems to be getting praise as well with the faction situation that's going on with it, it looks like it's something that you're definitely going to want to pick up if you're a PS3 owner. So, I'll, do, I'll say this now, because we won't have enough time next week. Buy Last of Us. And I really, really hope you enjoy it. Because you should, from what the reviews have said... One review I do remember from the Daily Mail here in the UK said, Look, I could tell you all about this game... But to be quite honest, you shouldn't read my review. You should just go play it. Five stars. That was the review. Other ones have been pretty extensive write-ups saying, you know, four... Some of the ones I've seen have been four, four and a half. One, I think Polygon gave it like a 7.5. They were pretty critical of it, but... They've all been at least in the high... The high the high points towards 9s and 10s. If not the perfect kind of... I shouldn't really call it the perfect 10, but they've been scoring 10 out of 10s. They have to do a scale when it's, they actually give it an 11 or something. They're going to go off the scale eventually. Probably, anyway. But, yeah. That's all I really want to say on that. So when we come back... Some Konami talk with some interesting little tidbits and some not so good old Konami and their 30 minute videos and not revealing very much. We've also got some trailers that have shown up for a few games which are going to be at Every. One of which is Saints Row 4, which I will go into detail on. Uh, and we've also got some entertainment news, so we're going to head out with a little bit of one of the games that I'll be talking about in the Konami section, the Stage 1 theme for Castlevania. So we'll see you in a few minutes for the second and final part, hopefully, 
of the Open Book Special Podcast Edition here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, okay, I want, I caught SmackDown again. I caught she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey, guys. It's Rima Fatih. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? 
Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. And now back to the open book on the SNS Radio Network. It's only big enough for the both of us. To this special open book podcast, as we continue to go through the stuff, the music you heard relates to something which we'll get to with the entertainment section. But I've also got a wind back to the music you heard at the beginning, uh, Joan Baez's "Here's to You," which relates to something that got revealed in the Konami press conference, which I'll bring up in the appropriate space and time. Uh, Konami's pre E3 video thing started talking about Konami basically being 40 years old, which is surprising, but yeah, they are that old, apparently. Starting off from, like, a a slot machine game-style manufacturer to doing what they do now. And then they also push about the DDR Classroom Edition, getting people fit and tackling obesity in America, which is a pretty sweet deal. And then they mention how we always keep the words joy and fun in mind when it comes to our games. And then we come to social. <laughs> Which arguably can't be hugely joyous and can't be hugely fun, but probably is addictive. They talk about uh, MLB Dream 9 and how it's just been released on iOS as well as a Facebook app. And Puzzle Chasers, which is co-published with them and uh, Zynga. That's got apparently 2 million users. But then it comes to the actual kind of stuff. They talk about how they've now got a... uh, a program for indie developers that want to work on stuff, and Konami provides them with uh, assistance in that aspect, certainly. They talk about how one of the people they signed up was called Kung Kung Fu Factory... And their first game, called Domo Jump, will be coming out soon. They then talk about upcoming projects, such as the MLB Live Challenge, which seems to be combining a fantasy aspect of baseball stuff with also team management. That will be coming soon, both as a Facebook app and uh, an iOS platform game. And they also say that they're moving into social social casino apps. Which, I don't know whether gambling is uh, 
entirely right for a gaming company to go into, but apparently they are a couple that they mentioned with Slot Revolution and uh, Poker League. I'm just bringing that up because it, they did mention it. And then we get to the big three that they revealed. First, Pro Evolution Soccer is using the Fox engine, which they've relabeled as the Fluidity engine. So, with that engine, you're going to get a lot more high-quality images and graphics of the players and the stadiums, whatever. And they talk about six key factors for them, which is... One, which is true ball tech, which is basically how there's going to be full ball control throughout the whole thing. Then mass, which was like motion and uh, stability software or something, which basically, if there's body contact in the game, there'll be reactions to that. If the body contact is done in motion, you'll get the full like reaction to that. And then also, if you knocked off and you're trying to make a run with a ball, let's say, what you get knocked off balance, but you stabilise yourself. Apparently that's all being engineered into the new thing. Don't ask me how. It is. They also talk about the PEZ ID. Don't know what that is, because they didn't say. Team play, and the core. I'm guessing core is the actual main game. And then, I guess team play kind of combines into the sixth one that they mentioned, which was heart which basically it's trying to create the right atmosphere so whether you're playing home or away you'll obviously have the crowd in your favour or against you quite quite hugely and the way the the performances that you have on the pitch as long as they're good ones or even bad will affect the morale of the whole team but then also in turn affect the motivation to the players so if they're going for a bad spell you don't you're not expecting the morale of the squad to be very high and therefore the motivation for the players to do well isn't as great as it certainly could be uh they said more to be announced soon so i'm guessing that'll be more towards the end of the year i think it is scheduled for like an october release on current gen i believe it is coming out for next year then Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain, or whatever we're calling it, which kind of is implying that Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes doesn't exist, possibly? I don't know. But Kojima talks about how he wants there to be... The whole idea of the game with the new engine is he wants uh, Snake's expression on his face and the tone of his voice to say it to set, to show the emotion rather than what he actually says which apparently is the reasoning for ditching David Hayter for as was revealed Keith Sutherland who I'm pretty sure was heard in the Phantom Pain teaser thing that was shown <coughs> you know in the hospital with the weird uh, whale coming out of the sky or whatever I'm pretty sure I heard a voice similar to his in it, but the confusing thing is, uh, given that the new sna- the the new Snake Slash Big Boss is apparently in his late forties, he wanted somebody that was more like late forties. David Hayter is forty-four. Uh, Keith Sutherland is forty-seven. 
So apparently those three years of difference make a whole, you know, it's, it's another league kind of thing. I think, that honestly, the reason why they've probably done it is to uh, line him up for the movie. Because we know there's a Metal Gear Solid movie coming up. It would make sense. If you had somebody of the stature and calibre of Kiefer Sutherland in the role. And really, they're letting themselves in that way to do it. Now, regarding the plot of the thing... He said he wants to make it a lot more serious and darker toned, and how it's about race and revenge. Cut back to the music that we played at the very start of the show, Joan Baez's Here's to You, Nicola and Bart. The storyline behind that song is, apparently, Nicola and Bart were two uh, Italian immigrants that were accused of a crime that it's widely believed that they didn't commit but the official, the law officials at that time wanted somebody to blame and they thought that it would be in, in their opinion just easier to put the blame on them and I believe they were sentenced to death for their actions and ever since there's always been like a I guess a sort of kind of protest movement to exonerate them really of their crimes with the fact that they were completely innocent. They had nothing to do with what the what the um, officials had claimed. And that's what the kind of the song is about. But it's interesting how it's about given that he wants to have it to talk about race and revenge. And the the song content, perhaps there, we already had a tease of that actually happening. So, uh, interesting developments there. No release date was revealed. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw it on a Sony or Microsoft press conference this coming week. As a big reveal. So, keep an eye out for that. And finally, we had uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, which, by the looks of it, follows on pretty much directly from where Lords of Shadow 1 ended, with, uh, again, probably spoilers if you haven't played the original one, Belmont, Gabriel Belmont, is actually Dracula now, and turns out he's actually in the real world, and Zubok, I believe his name is, played by uh, Patrick Stewart. So uh, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Bronx is going to buy the game. Sorry, Bronx. <laughs> Actually, come to mention it, they, there is a PC edition of that coming out in the very near future. So you might want to try that out. If you're a fan of the Castlevania stuff, it seems it's pretty similar. So, I'm probably going to have to recommend that to you, Bronx. And to anybody else that hasn't played it and wants it on PC. Because Lords of Shadow was actually a pretty good game. Possibly because it was Kojima produced, I don't know. But it was 
pretty impressive. And this sequel one from the trailer that I did show, which I think was about five minutes long, looked pretty good. One feature now that is going to be incorporated, apparently, is enemies are going to have shield and armor, so you're going to have to use your skills to take the armor and the shields away from your opponents in order to actually kill them. So there's a nice little tactic kind of thing there. They also have an expanded engine for organic levels. Basically, they don't want it to be kind of loading screen stuff. Kind of in the vein of all these great sandbox games, it's going to be one big free-roaming world. You can travel freely around it however you want. Which, for something like a Castlevania game, is actually pretty refreshing and could be a very interesting way to go. They also decided that they're going to have a free camera for the game. As in, uh, you're not going to have a camera in fixed positions. You're going to be able to circle it around your character all the time throughout the game. Which is a very interesting feature to put in as well. And that's probably why they've had to uh, restructure the engine. They have Patrick Stewart and Rob Carlyle and pretty much by the looks of it everyone who was in the first one reprising their roles if they're in it again but uh, they say how they also say in the trailer how it's the epic conclusion so it looks to be like there's going to be no Lord of Shadow 3 this is probably going to be where the series ends and the rough release date is winter so you might be seeing it this year, possibly next year, depending what happens with releases. And then they said, oh, we've got one last surprise for you. Turns out all the surprise was was a Mega 64 sketch on Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. Which was an okay surprise, but considering how in previous surprises they've actually had something substantial and not a comedy skit. No, it's just like that, to be quite honest. But overall, not a bad showing from Konami. They've shown more stuff in previous years. But arguably, with Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania, and depending who you are, Pez, you've got three pretty big games there alone that they're going to be focusing on. Now, other stuff from E3, or E3-related, Deus Ex had its new thing revealed which the name Deus Ex the Fall was teased around and everyone was thinking oh is this going to be you know a new sequel is this going to be the new sequel well it turns out it isn't it's a prequel it, it kind of follows the graphic novel and it happens before between I think Deus Ex Invisible War and Deus Ex Human Revolution but it's only going to be for iPad and iOS well, iPhone, iPad you know, the i-operating system for Apple stuff it's going to be an installment I think the first installment is about $4 or something, will be coming out later this year I must say for the trailer that I've seen for it graphics look pretty impressive for what it is being a uh, for being a tablet game I guess it's kind of pushing it like Infinity Blade. It does look... It doesn't look exactly like a console edition, like a PS3. 
but it's pretty similar. I'll give it that. Uh, they also announced a new Halo game, which is going to be called Spartan Assault, which again is going to be kind of integrated towards tablets and phones, because it's going to be part of the Windows 8, Windows Surface, Windows Tablets, Windows Phone, all those kind of uh, stuff. It looks to be, from the way it's produced, like a 2D kind of a top-down style shooter thing. Which isn't a bad idea. It'll be interesting to see how it comes out. Because it will be coming next month in July. No stone... You know, no stone set release date for it just yet. But you might be hearing more about it soon. Speaking of Xbox, there was kind of like a leaked image. That already seems to reveal that possibly... There could be a Dead Rising 3. Coming for Xbox One. Uh, a Banjo and Kazooie game, which could be that rare one that we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Um, I also there was a Fable Four logo and apparently a Halo Five logo. So believe in that. Well, you know, look at that. What you will, to be quite honest. Uh, this is one which is thanks to Game Informer. Their front cover leaked to. Uh, online subscribers and it's the new game from Respawn which isn't called Titan anymore it's actually called Titan Fall uh, will be uh, Xbox um, well Microsoft exclusive I guess it's going to be PC 360 and Xbox One only I think the reason why they've done that is just because they, th- they think that's the way it's going to go but I think they have said they are open to possibly doing stuff in the future for other platforms other than Microsoft. So I guess it could be an exclusivity deal. I'm not entirely sure. We'll probably find out more when they fully reveal themselves and their project on Monday. Which will, I'd say, 90 to 95% will happen. Monday as well, we'll see Sony's press conference, and they've announced that PlayStation Plus will be getting an annual update. Three of the big games that were part of their PlayStation Plus launch this time last year uh, being Infamous 2, Little Big Planet 2, and Motorstorm Apocalypse will be disappearing from the marketplace. But in their place are an interesting combo as well. You've got Little Big Planet Karting, Uncharted 3, Drake's Reception, and XCOM Enemy Unknown. By the looks of it, they could be the permanent ones for the whole year. If so, if you enjoy karting things, Little Big Planet karting isn't bad, but Uncharted 3 and XCOM are two that are definitely worth picking up for nothing as part of the PlayStation Plus thing. So check that out. I'm guessing that will probably come into update next week, Monday possibly for the actual launch of the Sony thing possibly Tuesday let's say another thing about the Sony conference is they're actually letting 40 people in 40 fans you have to be at the building which I I think it's the Los Angeles Coliseum Sports Arena where Wrestlemania 7 happened that's where the conference is taking place and it's basically the first 40 that are in line are going to be able to get in 
Now, of course, the thing is, if they get in and they reveal the PS4 and they kind of do a free uh, an Xbox and say, right, everybody in the arena is going to get um, a PS4 when it's launched, that's a pretty sweet deal, to be quite honest. So, if you're in the local Los Angeles area, you might want to, uh, you might want to take an interest in that. If you're not in the Los Angeles area, don't worry. If they do do that, then you'll just consider that as another missed opportunity kind of thing, but, I don't know. Speaking of all these consoles as well, price, a lot of price rumours have been going around previously. The analysts are all saying about the three fifty four hundred dollars mark, depending on who you talk to. But I believe none of them are trying to. Con- none of them are trying to do the mistake that Sony did for the PS3 and have a six hundred or a five hundred dollar console. They want it to be affordable, even if the games aren't. Because you know, games for ninety dollars. I don't think that will really be happening. To be honest, if it is, it's going to be really problematic for them. Capcom have said there's going to be a big surprise from them at E3. The question is, is that going to be on a press conference, or is that actually going to be as part of their booth reveal, let's say? We'll have to see. Uh, it's confirmed that the new Smash Brothers game will be appearing as part of Nintendo Direct. And there is going to be a Call of Duty game, a 30-minute stream, slash recorded video, showing the first kind of gameplay reveal and explanation for Call of Duty Ghosts, which is going to be, time-wise, if you're interested in watching it, it's going to be at 11am Pacific, 2pm Eastern, 7pm UK. So, I I am going to be intrigued to see that. I don't think I'll be in the chat room for that, but I'll kind of tease into that at the end with regards to what everybody's going to be doing for E3 coverage at least here on the network kind of thing now a couple of trailers that I have seen so far uh, the Deus Ex 4 one I've already talked about Fee 4 had a new trailer for E3 which looks very impressive the game will be coming out 2014 yeah as I say, impressive. You didn't see a lot of gameplay, but from what they did show of graphics-wise, even if it isn't in-game and it's just stuff that's powered by the engine, uh, at certain points... Sorry, I'm a bit tired. It's been a busy day for me here. Um, it does look like it could be interesting to see how the mechanics develop hopefully we see more of it at E3 probably will um, Saints Row 4 the trailer the kind of president of the United States and aliens taking over the world except as it turns out the world you're actually living in is some sort of like computer constraint and the whole idea is you've got to get out of the fake world into the real world and then battle the aliens from the real world, possibly. So that's a interesting little 
thing there. But it looked good and fun. There was a lot of excessive male nudity that was censored up and everything. There was some interesting casting as well. Apparently there's two Shaundies now. Which I don't really get. Uh, somebody, somebody thought they were from Kick-Ass and called themselves... Um, the mother effer, or whatever you, however you pronounce it. Yeah, I'm not feeling in the mood to swear that much for some reason. <laughs> but and then I think Kevin. No, Larry David was Larry David. So could he be Burt Reynolds? I don't know, but it looked fun. Hopefully we see more of it at E3, gameplay-wise, and that'll be out mid to late August. And then finally, one for the kids, Skylander Swap Force, which looks to be, you've got plenty of characters, but somehow you're going to be able to switch the tops of them with the bottoms, and create, I believe it's about 250 over 250 different combinations of characters. So if you've got so many bottoms, I'm trying to think, because obviously something could have a, a certain top and a certain bottom, so I don't know what the combination is, like how many characters is going to be with a swap force ability. But... Um, doesn't seem too bad although I am worried that with this whole scale of the Skylanders set basically when we get to the next point all the characters will be about the size of a White House in America and it will just get ludicrously over the top that way uh, they have confirmed that that will be coming out for next gen as well as current gen with an expected release date at least in the UK of October the 18th so that probably is October the 15th for America because they normally do the release dates uh, three days before we have the games on the Friday America has the games on the Tuesday so that's all your E3 stuff for now next week uh, obviously Monday at uh, 9.30 in the morning Pacific, 12.30 Eastern, you have the Xbox conference. Then at 1 p 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 Eastern, you've got EA. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Eastern, you've got Ubisoft, and then at five, no, six Pacific, nine Eastern, you've got Sony's conference. Certainly, my I, myself, I will be in the SNS chat room, getting your guys' reactions to all the things that gets announced over that pretty much crazy twelve-hour or so period. Um, I might be there on the Tuesday as well for the Nintendo Direct stuff and anything that comes from it. I know there's plenty of other stuff that's going to be through 
IGN and GameSpot about other games that are going to be live and on the floor and showcased on streams and whatever. There's also going to be... If you want to see the st- things, obviously you can see them on the internet, but due to the demise of uh, G4, there is no G4 for the stuff to be on, so instead Spike is going to be doing everything. Uh, the Xbox conference, the EA, and the Ubisoft, and also the Sony. I'm doubting the Nintendo. They could possibly if they wanted to. I don't know. Even though it isn't a live conference, it'll be a video. They will be having, at least on the Monday, those four conferences. The big four. All on Spike. So, I'd recommend probably that you actually watch it. And then join us in the chat room if you can. Give us your reactions, you know, whether you like that, you don't like the other thing. And then myself and Sean will be back next week, pretty much covering everything E3, even though there will be... I'm guessing there'll be a little wrestling talk, because there will be uh, four down picks to do for WWE Payback. Which is interesting, because I think we've only got three matches currently set for Payback, and the pay-per-view is happening next week. Oh dear, we've got a TNA situation on our hands. Warning. A few bits of entertainment news to leave you with. One of the big ones is Matt Smith leaving Doctor Who. He will be departing after the Christmas special coming up. Well, first you've got the 50th anniversary special in November, and then the Christmas special in December. That Christmas special will be his last one. They are apparently still... There's been no announcement on who the new Doctor is, because obviously they've yet to decide, but we will have to see (coughs) who it becomes, certainly, in the upcoming weeks and months. But good on Matt Smith. You know, it's a shame that all these people leave after so many years because they don't want to be typecast. But the fact that Matt Smith's current role in the Ryan Gosling film apparently is a very vast departure from Doctor Who. I'm intrigued to see what he does next after all his success. Um, Speaking of Doctor Who, as Sean reported last week, Karen Gillan is on for Guidance of the Galaxy as the main villainess of the part. Or the main female bad person. Well, they've now confirmed that Benicio Del Toro, who was widely linked for quite a while for the role of uh, the baddie role in Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, I'm not doing spoilers yet, guys. <laughs> he is on for Guardians of the Galaxy in a leading role. Now, the question is, by leading role, does that mean he's going to be a good guy? Or does that mean he's going to be a bad guy? To be honest, with his kind of demeanour and temperament, and because he's good at those kind of characters, I'm edging more towards a bad guy. But we'll have to see what happens with that. Very much looking forward to that. I believe filming starts next month for a summer 2014 release date. Uh, Apparently, even though the first one has only really just come out, another Purge film is already in the works. I guess it's been a success enough for the company doing it in order to make it viable to possibly think of doing another one at least 
the the writer or director's working on it now. Working on uh, where to go for the second one. Speaking of sequels and everything, Paramount has managed to regain the rights to Friday the 13th. I believe they lost them to... um, Trying to think. Freddy vs. Jason was probably... uh, I think it was entertainment. I don't know whether the Friday the 13th other films were... um, Paramount. Well, they weren't Paramount, definitely, but... Whether they were... Just having a quick look via the power of the internet. See if I can find it. Friday the 13th. While I'm bringing that up, uh, another thing to mention as well. Apparently an Iron Sky sequel is starting to be in development. There's a hunt, uh, hunt, uh, an Indiegogo going on now for uh, $150,000, which is only for a supplemental thing as uh, the money will actually be going towards developing the screenplay for the thing and also a five-minute promo video to look for further financial backing. It doesn't seem to be doing pretty bad, but I'm pretty sure Mindwork will be very excited by that, certainly. Just having a quick look. Okay, Warner Brothers actually picked up the... uh, the license by the looks of it yeah I'm just having a look yeah it looks like Warner Brothers picked up the license I'm having a look yeah that's who acquired the license from Paramount so yeah good to see it back will we see anything from them we'll have to wait and see one that ties into the music that you heard at the uh, start of this segment, uh, which was Sparks is this town big enough on the both of us from the movie Kickass. Uh, speaking of that, um, Mark Miller, the creator of the comic, the, gra- well, the, the graphic novel Kickass, has launched a charity auction for the chance for people to have their character idea appear in the Kick-Ass 3 comic, which is currently... I believe the first issue's already come out, and the second issue's coming out in the next couple of weeks, but... The auction... Uh, the What it is, you can name the hero character that will be alongside Kick-Ass, and then the, the rival character that will be against Kick-Ass. As of uh, recording, I think the the donations on eBay are roughly at about five seventy or whatever dollars for the hero, and about five hundred for the rival. At least that's when I I last checked. The au- the auction for that, though, however, does close on Sunday, so you've got to be quick. If you want to try and spend your hard-earned money to be immortal or to have your idea immortalised in comic book form, it does say in the small print that basically you have to sign the release form to give the approval for your idea to be included in the thing. But the fact is 
that character will be included in the graphic novels and more than likely be then incorporated into the movie of Kick-Ass 3, which already implies that whatever happens, there will be a Kick-Ass 3. Which, you know, I'm not against. I enjoy Kick-Ass 1. Looking forward to Kick-Ass 2 in a few, few months. So, go check that out. The auction itself, yeah, for charity, I believe it's for, like, the local school that he, Mark Miller, was at. And in previous years, it's kind of raised money for the kids to go to a pantomime at Christmas, you know, for a special event, which they never normally do, and to help fund, you know, the school itself, because it's uh, not funded by the government or anything, it's solely privately funded, so... If you want to be uh, a nice giving person, check it out over the next day or so. And if you are interested, make a bid and see if you're the winner. I'm guessing you're probably going to have to bid pretty late on in order to be a definite get, a, de- a definite win, though. And finally, uh, the light, one of the writers, or if the I'm not sure, the writer for the Green Lantern movie. Michael Green apparently is in talks to be possibly coming to the Blade Runner sequel as a writer. Now, Blade Runner is a damn good movie. Uh, Green Lantern wasn't too bad. It wasn't actually that bad a script story-wise, at least in my opinion. But, yeah, just anything to do with the Blade Runner sequel I'm all over and looking forward to, definitely. So, that is all. That's all the news that I'm going to give you for this week. Uh, Make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network. You're going to have Unplugged with JJ and Bronx coming back, hopefully within this month. So check that out when uh, when it's back. Keep an eye on the Facebook page, of course, to, to get the official confirmation. Possibly something to do with the Trey Dog, maybe returning to the network, given some of the pictures that he's been teasing on the uh, Facebook page. So keep an eye out for that as well. You've got Run the Ropes with Krelly and Mav at 4 Eastern 1 Pacific on a Thursday. Fridays, you've got myself and Sean, open book. Obviously, next Friday is going to be the big one covering E3, and probably solely E3, and given how much we're going to take cover, we may not have time for phone calls. We might have to let you guys uh, call in the following week, or let the show go long, possibly the following week, due to time constraints and everything. But, and also... Quite a lot of UPS free people will probably be playing The Last of Us instead, so you won't want to listen to us or something. I don't know. But, yeah, and also Sunday Night Showdown. On every Sunday where there's a pay-per-view. Great job uh, on Sunday from Bronx and L-Train for Slammiversary. Next up, you've got WWE Payback on Sunday, well... A week, a week this Sunday, shall we say, the sixteenth of June. So, looking forward to that as well. Even though we've only got, as I said, three matches. Podcast-wise, you have the whole indie show with myself, Sandra, and Randy. 
Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Hardway should be back very soon with some more episodes from the guys. And the Elite Force podcast, midweek edition with Chuck W, and the weekend edition with Walkie and Mindwipe. I believe that's everything. If I've forgotten anything, I apologise. Check out the network page to see what else is uh, coming in the week, in the in the upcoming week, let's say. So, with that, still got a song of the night for you, and it's a song that featured in another trailer. It was uh, the Dying Light trailer, which looked pretty impressive, but I didn't want to give my thoughts on it, really, because it uh, looked very CGI-esque, but Dying Light is the game from Techland, the guys that did Dead Island, and the music in the trailer, which I've heard in previous things but never knew what it was, but now I do, and I'm starting to become a big fan of the track, is Run Boy Run by Woodkid. So I'll leave you with that. Make sure you're here. Make sure you're on the SNS radio network facebook page to find out when open book will be on next friday because it i'm pretty damn sure it will be on with all the fallout from e3 will the xbox one really suck will the ps4 actually be have some sort of visual appearance at e3 will watchdogs once again wow everybody at the show and will ea once again screw it up and even and will Nintendo fail at their Best Buy thing? We'll have to find out next week. So I'll see you hopefully next Friday for the E3 Fallout special of the Open. Well, not as really special. The another episode of the Open Book, except it will just be an E3 dedicated special. That's what I wanted to say. But so with that, hope everybody has a safe and productive and good weekend I will hopefully speak to you along with Sean next Friday for another episode of The Open Book bye everyone Trying to do